Greetings. I'm Matt Matthews, one of the pastors here at First Pres in Champaign, and I'm happy to welcome you to our media ministry. Join us in person. We're located at the intersection of Church and State Streets, adjacent to Westside Park in downtown Champaign. Our traditional worship service is at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, and on most of those Sundays, we offer French translation. Our contemporary services on Sunday begin at 11.15 a.m. When you come to First Pres, what you'll find, what I hope you'll find, is a community of people who support each other and who are passionate about making a difference in our community and beyond. You'll find relevant teaching for children and adults. We have at least a dozen Bible studies in small groups, including pickleball, that's right, pickleball, adult choir, a bell choir for all comers, and other programs and events designed to grow your faith and give you and me opportunities to serve. There's a place for you. I'm glad you tuned in. God is calling through the word inviting, offering forgiveness, comfort, and joy. This is our scripture today from uh, Genesis chapter 28. It's a familiar story that you... um, Well, among the many that we probably have close to committed uh, by heart. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place. And he dreamed that there was a ladder set up on the earth, the top of it reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were descending and ascending on it. And the Lord stood beside Jacob and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land of which you, on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring." And to your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth. And you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring. Know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So Jacob rose early in the morning, and he took that stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, a tired Jacob goes to bed. His pillow is a rock, and he has a dream about God. As with dreams in general and dreams about God in particular, uh, it's fantastical. It's, it's just mind-blowingly real and unusual. God tells him then, showing up in the dream, that, that he... Uh, is on his own land. That is to say, God is blessing Jacob with this land. Uh, And the descendants of Jacob will form this vast territory stretching in every direction. Your offspring will occupy it, God says, and they shall be like the dust of the earth. 
You will be rooted here. Your wandering people will find a home here. You can sink roots here. You can stay here. This is your place. To which Jacob replies, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. This realization that God was here all along, but I just didn't know it until the dream, until the voice, until the vision. Isn't that often the case with us? God is with us always, of course, omniscient, omnipresent, here, relevant, uh, dependably near at hand. And for whatever reason, we we just miss it. The beauty of God's creation calls out and we don't hear it. The light of God's presence dawns, but we don't see it. The hand of Jesus touches our shoulder, but we absently brush it away. John Muir famously said, the mountains are calling and I must go. Now, I don't know what John Muir's religious proclivities were. I know something about it because I've read about John Muir. But when I hear the mountains calling me, and I do, it's not the mountains I hear. It's the voice of God that I hear. Surely the Lord is in this place, Jacob said. Many of us draw the same conclusion. Without a dream, when we see the high deserts or the canyons of the West, we can see the Creator in the product of the creation. We can see from the creation the face of the Creator, God of the sparrow, God of the whale, God of the swirling stars, we sing, awestruck and full of praise. God is here and I'm noticing. God is present and I feel it. I sense it. I don't need a dream. I can see it all around me. God is by my side. I've told you the story of Gordon McLaren before. And again, I've told you all of my stories. So I'm just a great big repeat these days, it would appear. But Gordon's story is worth repeating. Um, He was a microbiologist for the state of Texas by day. And by night, he was an amateur astronomer. And when he looked through his microscope in the morning or the telescope by night, actually he preferred binoculars to look at the night sky, he he saw the face of God. Gordon was mad at God much of the time. And Gordon was always mad at the institutional church. Mad at organized religion. Mad at its hypocrisy. Its humorless arrogance. Mad at preachers like me and congregants like you. Just mad. Mad at the mean-spirited judgment he found collected in congregations on Sunday morning. Just mad. But when he looked into that microscope or those binoculars, God was looking at him. And as much as he wanted to ditch God, God was not going to ditch Gordon. God was with Gordon. Delightedly, he couldn't resist. Delightedly, he saw God. And eventually, he ended up back in a pew, thank goodness, contributing mightily to the church of Jesus Christ. But nevertheless, despite all of his end-of-life church going, it was the expansive nature in which he experienced the truest communion. No offense to the hymns, no offense to the incense or the gathered solemnity of places like this. It was the West. 
It was the ocean. It was the vast sands of Kitty Hawk. It was looking out from Crow Mountain at the Arkansas Ozarks. For Gordon and many like him, yes, 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 we say, surely God is in this place. Our hymnal is filled with examples of God's presence with us, celebrating this presence. Hymn number 408, there's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. And I know that it's the spirit of the Lord. They don't know this one. Next week. Hymn number 177, I will come to you in the silence. I will lift you from all fear. You will hear my voice. I claim you as my choice. Be still and know that I am here. Hymn number 519, you are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. When I fall down, you pick me up. When I am dry, you fill my cup. You are my all in all. Hymn number 22. God of the ages, God near at hand, God of the loving heart, how do your children say joy? How do your children say home? While God is always with us, we must admit that not only do we oftentimes miss noticing God, Sometimes God prefers not to be visible. Sometimes God prefers to stay just out of sight, though God is with us. And sometimes, of course, or always, that's God's prerogative. Our hymns lift up this truth as well. Hymn number one. Holy, 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 though the darkness hide thee, though the eye of sinfulness thy glory may not see. Hymn number 12, immortal, invisible, God only wise, in light inaccessible, hid from our eyes. Most blessed, most glorious, the ancient of days, almighty, victorious, thy great name we praise. Hymn number 515, the spirit of the risen Christ, unseen, but ever near, as in such friendship better known, alive among us here. Whether we see God or not, uh, and don't worry, Joe is still not inviting me to sing solos in the church. Whether we see God or not, our understanding of the witness of Scripture is that God is with us always. Whether we see God or not, whether God chooses the shadow or the light, God is with us always. Sometimes that's something we believe only with our heads. We don't really believe it in our hearts. We feel bereft and lonely and destitute and, and abandoned, but in our heads we know God is with us because that's what Scripture says uniformly throughout. God is with us. I feel it or I don't feel it, but God is with us. Whether God wants to be noticed or not, God is present. And Jesus puts a fine point on it. His name, of course, is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And he says, I will not leave you or orphaned. And he promises his disciples, I am with you always, even to the close of the age. Sometimes we see, feel this presence, detect it, experience this presence. Really, we do, like Jacob did, like Jacob did. And sometimes we don't. If we're honest, we don't. We tell people 
that God is with us all the time, but we don't always believe it, right? If we're honest about this. Sometimes we think we're going it alone, that we really are by ourselves. Whether we know it or don't, whether, whether we sense it or not, God is here nevertheless. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place, Jacob said when he woke up, and I did not notice it. He's astonished that the God of the earthquake, the God of the storm, the God of the trumpet blast is near and has been near all along. Two men in the concentration camp, they argue about the presence of God. One says God is not here. God has left them abandoned. The other says no, God is here. All of the prisoners are taken to the courtyard because they're forced to watch a man hang. And after the man hangs, the man says to the other man, where is your God now? And that man says, my God is hanging from that gallows. We believe it or not, we see it or not, we experience it or not, but the church has said uniformly, God is with us always. If we believe God is with us, we are right to believe God is with us all the time. Jan Whitford said to our children, she said, if God is ever with us, then God is always with us. Both on the mountaintop and in the valley. When we notice God's presence, we are like Jacob after that long night of vivid dreams. We are relieved and happy and we worship. When we don't notice God's presence, we acknowledge God is here anyway. Maybe we don't notice because we aren't looking. Maybe we don't notice because we're not looking in the right place. Maybe we don't notice because God has chosen to step just out of view. Regardless, the one who created and sustains us has not and never will abandon us. This little uh, poem is a cliche, but there's that poem called Footsteps Through the Sand or whatever. And, you know, the man says to Jesus, every time, you know, I notice you're always walking with me, except I notice as I look at my life on these sands that, that my most lonely times, my most difficult times, the times when I was tested, I notice there's only one set of footsteps. You're not with me. You've abandoned me. Why is that? And Jesus says, well, those are the times I carried you. <laughs> That's a cliche, but it's true. If we don't steal away to Jesus, thank God that Jesus steals away to us. After this dream, the angel's going up and down the ladder. Jacob says, surely God is in this place and I have not noticed. How awesome is this, he says. This is none other than the house of God. I try to make that my affirmation. And I encourage you to make it yours, both in season and out of season, because it's good news. Thanks be to God. Thank you for joining this podcast of First Presbyterian Church Champaign. Visit us at our campus at the intersection of Church and State Streets in downtown Champaign. And for more information, visit us online at www.firstpres.church. Have a great week.